52 yards should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. <laughs> Yo, yo, yo. What up, golf fans, friends? It's Honda Classic Week. Um, I'm excited for it. My guest here in a minute will be excited. Home game for your boy in the Preferred Lines team uh, that consists of, of just myself and our sponsor up there, Fantasy Golf Pod. Uh, the boys over there, Chad, Jish, Eric, have a show on Wednesdays at 520. They already put out the first look pod. Give them a follow at Fantasy Golf Pod. They are big supporters of the show. If this is your first time checking it out, Welcome into Preferred Lines. My name is Joe Idoni. This is a golf gambling podcast. A giant welcome back to all my old friends and welcome into our new friends. Um, if you'd like, we'd like to make this an interactive show. So if you hop on over to the Preferred Lines YouTube page, the first thing you're going to want to do, subscribe to that page. Huge help for me. I'm asking you, please get off Twitter, get to YouTube, subscribe to that page. Drop a comment in, just like my man Brent here. He's ready for the show. Cheers, whiskey in the glass. I got a tequila and a pineapple poured up here. Ted's Four Cores Banquet's deep. Um, we're ready to go. Monday night, Honda week. Um, without further ado, I'm going to get right into our guest. Um, this is maybe one of my favorite people ever in golf content. He is the, probably the sole reason that you're even looking at me on a camera right now, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, multiple time recurring guest of preferred lines. You know him from Pat's show. You know him from everywhere. Odds checker. Um, the Mount Rushmore guy in golf content. Welcome back into preferred lines. Jeff Feinberg. What up, my good friend? Oh, very flattering, Joe. Uh, no, no, not Mount Rushmore, be, uh, but um, like maybe a side category for something else. Because I don't do now that there's real information out there and those guys would belong on on Mount Rushmore. Well, it's not all about the information. It's also about the entertainment, which I try to kind of blend the two. And you do it as good as anybody, my friend. And and big news, you're coming to Florida. We're going to hang out. Are we going to hang out? Yeah, we're going to hang out. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to golf. That's, all right. you know, that's that, fair. Like, people could hear that. That's crazy. What are you doing? Uh, that's just like a whole, that's a potpourri of issues for me, Joe. A, I've got my whole family traveling with the family okay. you know, then the golf clubs and it's not even that i couldn't get away my knee it's like and then you haven't go i haven't golfed in months it's like don't want my first round of golf to just be hitting it into the water for four hours in bermuda on bermuda grass there are many layers i'm happy to watch the pros back on bermuda grass i will say watching the genesis i don't know i'm jones in the golf again um maybe you've talked yeah. me into it joe I don't know. Maybe they'll have to be like a top golf meet in the middle on that. I love it. I, I don't know. I don't Drive know. Drive shack for old like sake. Idiots going to Palm Beach in, in February out of Toronto and not golfing. I don't know, man. Like I said, there's a potpourri of things in the balance here, buddy. But I'm looking forward to seeing you. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you too. You touched on it with the, with Riviera last week. Let's kind of start there briefly. Um, we, we anytime we see like a massive 
overhauling change in the PGA Tour protocol. And that's what we've seen like with this implementation of these elevated events. We get the highs of waste management. We get the highs of the Genesis Invitational. But the impact is also sort of felt negatively on great longstanding events like the Honda Classic. Are we just... Are we ready to kind of accept and move forward with this philosophy that we kind of have like a varsity tour and a JV tour and just like we, we kind of have two PGA tour events running at the same time or, or you know, separate groupings of players, it seems. It does seem like that. And it's kind of, maybe as long as we get the good balance of enough of that other stuff, the elevated, like now you feel really full, like you feel like. You're really full, and in some ways, the golf, I know the golf handicapper is ready to get out of elevated events. We know that. Yeah. Like, the outright yeah. golf better, it's, you know, I know you, you're always on a tear, Joe. It's been an uphill struggle for me. As I joked with Mayo, I, I haven't hit a winner. It's now seven events into 23, and I feel like Brooks moping around my house. <laughs> like, and I'll like, never win again. Like, like, that's me. Like, I feel like I, I'm questioning it. I can't see the board clearly. Um, whenever all, all of that w will come in due time, but this isn't a good thing. What I'm about to say, I don't even know that this is good news. It's good news for the Honda, but it's still bad news for us. Those rumors that these elevated events are going to be no cut 70 man fields. Mm, it will probably lead to next year's Honda field being stronger than this year's. Okay. Cause there's that right. There's that still hangover. Um, Right. There's some more maybe players that might come now. We're picking at straws here because we're already out of the top set. More bad players might come now that I think about it in my head, and I might retract that statement. Yeah, it's a new golf landscape. I even forgot for a moment this morning that Bay Hill was elevated, and we're right back yeah. at it again next week. So no rest um, <laughs> for the wicked. But it's it's got us, you know, seeing that the tournament that you're closest to have this happen to sucks, and of course that we all really enjoy um kind of sucks in that respect. But as golf fans, I don't know, it feels like we're so oversaturated with it that we just if we just kind of gotta yeah, accept it as a maybe a, a B squad, the B tour yeah. of it. Um, you wish more good players would play. Um, and as I did, you know, have thought a few times, or a lot of us probably look at these fields from the outside and wonder, you know, why aren't more guys like Denny McCarthy out there in that Denny McCarthy tier playing? Like, who doesn't want to get their first trophy? It's yeah, million four. It's not you know three and a half, but you're not going against the top twenty five. We, you know, the week of rest, the week of just getting away. They pay play for so much money for thirtieth place now in some of those elevated events that from the outside, we feel like why aren't more guys who don't have wins want to come here? Why doesn't Ricky or day just want to stamp their ticket to the masters potentially, but I don't That's know. That's a great point. I was enough benefit. They don't want, I don't want to say they don't want to win, but they obviously do a cost benefit analysis in their heads yeah. of the week off versus Yeah. Let me have my, an opportunity for my breakthrough in a weak field. They don't see it like we do from the outside in, in that respect. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, from an, a world golf rating standpoint, obviously the strength of the field for those is much more important, but you look at those guys sort of on the precipice, you look at Ricky right now at, I, I think he's 72nd, Jason day, just, 
barely squeaked inside the top 50. But uh, on the flips, another guy like Matt Kuchar, 65th in the OWGR. None of these guys are in the Masters. This is a great opportunity for Kuchar to come into an event and be 25 to 1. Who's the guy you think you're most disappointed not to be in the Honda Classic field? I think I know who it is, but. Yeah. Jeez. There's a whole, there's a whole team of them, man. <laughs> like the whole, and I don't make you. Know, they were, you know, some of the, I guess, better players in the field. But it's the Woodland, it's the Fleetwood, it's that. Yeah. Even losing, you know, there's other great Canadians that are showing up. But even for a guy like Mackenzie Hughes, not wanting to come back and and whack it around, yeah, around here. I mean, it goes beyond even that top layer that's kind of abandoned this place. It's that. You know, BC layer on the tour that is kind of, yeah, if you're good enough to play in those other events, you just don't need it. Even Keith Mitchell, I was listening to some PGA Tour radio. He never played Riviera because he won the Honda. And like most players, he mm-hmm. felt when you win an event, you're kind of just loyal to it and dedicated to it. It's been good to you. You're good to it. And he never played Riv, and now it's an elevated event. The purse is huge. He's like, I'm going to play Riv and skip the honda yeah and to see a guy like sam Ryder's schedule just be too exhausting for the honda yeah it's a lot of like left rights you're taking a lot of like a body blows this week uh if you're a fan of fringe golfers like you and i joe i really wanted tommy to come i felt like this is a great spot for tommy i felt like this has always been the spot where he's been like closest to breaking through he still needs that pga tour win you know, he, he went to Riviera like I don't know if he's going back to England, but like he's got to have a stop in between here and Bay Hill. It would have been nice to just pop down and, and maybe like come into this tournament at like, I don't know, 16 to one or something like that. I, yeah. Who knows what his number um, his number would have been right now. He's he's one of he's one of many. I, it is. Uh, I don't know. They're all just it's not doesn't they don't need it. Even live guys, Louie would come here. Yeah, I, at least he was here last year. Um, Sergio, I th- I don't know if he's been here recently, but but some anyhow, it is what it is. That that being said, it's still a great event for golf hardcores. We get our yep. first. It's a great international field. Uh, a lot of guys that you know the hardcores attach themselves to are are still here and. As I joke a lot this week, if you think one of your favorite scrubs can shoot two under a day, then he's going to win this sucker. So maybe you got to bet him. Yep. Um, I'm going to miss. And and you talked about him briefly earlier. So I want to bring it up. Um, Full swing. Uh, The Brooks one. Right. Let's just let's just talk about that for a minute. I'm going to miss Brooks and the entourage at the Honda that is there every year with him. So. Man, there was just such a dichotomy of like stark contrast of very vulnerable and like open and honest with completely fake like we had always seen and Hardo Brooks. Let me ask you, what were your thoughts on it? One and two, if he wants back in, Jeff, do they just yeah, everyone? But what are the but what about the players? So the players have to be like, you're gonna let this guy fucking go and take a hundred million dollars. Are you think they're gonna be okay uh, with just him coming stepping right back in? Yeah, listen, if Billy Horschel really wants to throw down, then that's something that's gonna maybe have to happen. You're right. I think about it from the tour and just how fun, like what yeah. a what a dagger it would be 
for live, but you know, they're probably more fearful of what the Saudis would do to them if they walk away from a deal, maybe True. than they are what Billy Horschel might say to them on yeah. someone else's podcast, hypothetically. Okay, let Brooks, uh, we'll do this. Um, and so he's just he continues to be a walking contradiction, even in that episode, <laughs> which I wish Joe they did him more favors in the sense that I don't think they told the story well at all. Right. Like the well at all. And as I said on something with Pat, that's going to come out later this week, you just look at, they should have done an episode. There's so many ways I'd have done that. Shouldn't have been George Brooks versus Scotty. It should have been speed first Brooks. And yeah. as speed has come out of that dark place and then wins at Valero or whatever Jordan won at last year. And we should have been told, we've always heard, yeah, Brooks is hurt, there's injuries, he's hurt the wrist, the knee. Brooks, you should have run through every goddamn surgery you had. I'd yeah, have sympathy they missed for that. you. Tell me everything. Tell me why I, what's broke, what, what has brought you here. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's a, a part, but he's a walking contradiction. Because one moment it's like, I live it now. I think about it all the time, golf, and it overconsumes me when it's, oh, no, it's not that important. I only care about majors. Like, the walking contradiction of Brooks still remains. And we watch that, Joe. Casuals don't watch it with 800 puzzle pieces of the last four or five years. Right. We have the other 400 puzzle pieces that we add to that. That mm -hmm. we add to that. And how can we not? It's, you know... I feel I still watch it. I feel there's going to be a 2.0. He's going to be motivated. He's going to like something's just going to click for him, whether it's in a major or something. I, I believe in him too much to think even as the jokes are easy or, you know, you can call out the facade and and I watch that and you're like, oh, man, to see you bring up Spieth. Spieth is the, the ultimate of that because he had the major. He had almost everything Brooks had, even less majors. But very, I mean, the personalities are different, but the answers Both are compelling. kind of in golf. The answers are in the mud, but he had his dark passengers and you see day and Ricky and Rose sort of coming through their situations. And we know they all turned down big live offers. So there's so much you could say on, on the Brooks part of it overall as a series. I've only seen six episodes, Joe, and I'm not going to be very kind. I know there's from the trailer, there's a fuck off Phil comment from Rory in, in the last episode. I haven't seen that. They had the most drama ever in the history of golf. And yeah. we get smirks from Ian Poulter. Like no one's having a discourse about anything. What happens next? Like the most, there was so much drama and we got nothing to think what they would give us in a normal tour year, which is probably going to be the majority of two years, tour years. If the show exists, yeah. I just can't believe what we got with all the drama that was around. Yeah. That is my biggest takeaway. We got yeah. nothing. We got a, a soundbite or two. There's yeah. No, no back and forth with, serious like of any serious discourse polter yep. makes a smirk let's hear the next five back and forth follow-up questions right Let polter go on a rant on what he does it like the phil comment like i don't i don't understand and i'm not they and maybe it's a pga tour production and they kind of i don't know they didn't they let guys tell their story like yeah. polter was very on 46 
They offered me a money that was worth the trade of Ryder Cup. And I'm 46. DJ's very honest. Yeah. Just very honest. So once you tell the truth, like once Polt, you realize, yeah, that's Polter's reality. Okay. I get why he left. Then you could tell me more. Like, tell me what's wrong with the PG. I don't know, man. I just can't believe they did so little with the drama that existed in the golfing world last year. I agree. And you know, I had, so for the farmers, which was what, about a month ago, I had uh, Daniel Rappaport on who had, who had was a very big part of the show and he had not seen it, but he had seen clips and kind of had a very good idea where it was going. And I straight up asked him, I said, Dan, who's this for? Is this for me? And he said, it's not for you. This is for your wife. This is for casual people flicking through Netflix. But my problem with it, Jeff, is I don't think they hit that mark. I sat there and watched an episode and a half with my wife. She said, this is not good. And and she likes hard knocks. Like she likes the storytelling aspect. This was like setting up the perfect team for hard knocks, coaching changes, controversial players battling with inside the locker room. Hard knock shows us the 57th guy on the goddamn (laughs) roster of 53. And we see him have his dreams shattered. Yep. Like taking a gold dust nut kick. That's life. These producers just wanted to fly on private planes. Yeah. I mean, there's so, I get it. It's not for us and it's annoying. I get it's not for us. Like that makes total sense because as us, even the best parts of it, the Joel Damon stuff, if you've listened to tour junkies or, or used or subscribed to the PGA Twitter feed, Joe, the Gino Joe stuff has been told to us like a hundred times. It's lovely. It's amazing. We all love Joel. It's a great story. Not enough caddies out there are our friends. You know, Rory's gone that way, just putting a buddy on the bag and you could debate that, but, but a lot of it is just purely business. It's such a nice thing to see, but as us that are in this niche bubble, like that is new. That's not new to us. Tony Finau having like a 60 person family and being the nicest guy Again, if you just literally follow the PGA on Twitter and you actively follow the PGA, it's lovely to see that getting the spotlight, but there's we, nothing new, nothing mm. new. My favorite moment in the whole series, and you may be sure, and I haven't seen the last two episodes, it's Colin in a scripting meeting. It's Joel Damon walking by Rory and a couple other alphas, JT in a cafeteria. Harnox <laughs> yeah. is so good because... It's just so much like behind the scenes cafeteria stuff. Yeah. Like that just sort of fourth wall stuff. Yep. Um, that's that was my favorite stuff in all of it. And you, yeah. you I know you probably like that Colin scene too for your own reasons, but that that might have been just that sort of stuff um, yeah. was my favorite. The, I thought the I thought the Finau stuff was was my most favorite and just I can understand the challenges um in what type of sacrifice that he made for his wife and his kids and his family to to actually bring them on the road with him all last season which I didn't really I what? kind of knew it and I saw them but I didn't you know, really realize before Mexico were like man Fina's just not been there and then he had yeah. that great event in Mexico like statistically unconscious but Rom won sort of like how Max Homa went statistically yeah. unconscious Rom wins and then he sort of really picked it up but but yeah it makes that's... sense like the guy the guy's yeah. not 
grinding after hours on he's he's going back and playing Uno with the kids. Like so it was it was cool to see him really that pay off for him and that sacrifice really break through. But yeah, I think that them marketing it toward people who aren't necessarily into golf and trying to go after the wives and the kids and the random people. It's not good enough. Bruise, it's not a good enough they show. They should have next the next so version non golf fans. It's not good enough. That, it's, that, oh, yeah. sorry. Maybe I'm such a golf snob. That's my opinion. But that is my opinion. It will, to compare it to the F1, that's sort of unfair because those are unfair expectations. Mm -hmm. um, but I just mean like in the way that he resonated, I don't think this can resonate even in a fraction with the non-golf yep. people. You cannot replicate in the garage during a race i guess also i'll acknowledge f1 joe a lot of the terms like the redundancy of cuts maybe because i don't follow f1 maybe those terms were good for me when i was watching hmm. knowing the results of the pga events as they're showing them in full swing my least favorite stuff was any on the course in event yeah. In the like, out of order, like to jumping out of back order, and forth. But in F in F one, they're probably out of order. It didn't matter. It didn't yeah, care. But what right. I wanted to say was, they're like recapping these races. I have no idea who wins. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I didn't bet on it. I have no lineups. I don't watch it. So I can get into the drama of, oh, maybe this guy's gonna like do what he needs to do in this race. Because unlike golf, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. So it's a, just a completely different experience. Totally not for us. I will also say I'm just a spoiled viewer that if it only exists in the end for golf fans, even if it's not for hardcore golf fans, I will always. Yeah. But it did feel like Joe, like you had to slam these back. I, and I'm like, like if Mayo said, I need all eight of these done by Friday, like he had to go to Vegas for that crap. If he was mm -hmm. like, I want all eight of these done and we got to do a full thing. I'd have done it. And but uh, and people did do that, but you could not have watched that with at some point being like, this kind of feels like a chore. I know I got to watch yeah. it because I love golf and we're talking about it and I want to talk about it and I'm not going to miss anything. But at, at a certain point, as those episodes are rolling, like this feels like a chore more so than entertainment. It, it kind of just felt like I had golf channel on in the background. Like it wasn't that different than the productions we get uh, like before and after tournaments on golf channel. Yeah, I know. Um, um, maybe. Yeah, it was. I don't know. And I get why they started with Spieth and Thomas because they're like stars, you know, and they probably hold a lot of cachet. But that was boring. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm being hard on it. It just. We'll see. I, I don't. I haven't seen reviews from non-golf fans. Although on Thursday I said I was going to look that out. I should go hunt out some reviews from non-golf fans. I haven't seen like editorial reviews or articles but in just asking people it hasn't been positive i mean my favorite like feel good part of it was Finau. i thought the most compelling piece was was brooks and you could like honestly the the most really was was and this is why i think that there these rumblings to him wanting a way back in could be true i do believe there could be a 2.0 i do believe that they didn't um, they didn't sell the injury aspect to it. And and when he walked right. out of the Masters and said, I'm embarrassed, like that was so real. I felt that. And like, I don't feel like many of the other guys who took the money are necessarily have 
that level of competitive spirit where they're literally walking out of Augusta National embarrassed to even look in a camera because of how they just performed. Like, that's what made him great. And that's why I feel like part of him has got to be like, it's not when he said, I'll trade every dollar I ever made to have that feeling again. Sure, that was just a, an expression, but, no, but that's what he, he felt that predictions within everything. Yeah. Like, he cannot help himself. <laughs> um, he can't. It's 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 non it's a nonstop contradiction. There's with the magic of production and editing, the way for them for that episode to end how it ended, with him with with it kind of makes and then you know that he joins live. It kind of makes you like think he quit on himself or he just the dark passengers arrived and and he took it. Um, and then two days later, the day later, Shipnik answers the question saying brooks is yeah is you know having buyer's remorse it that's literally pouring gasoline on what we because we have netflix made that where we have to now draw our own conclusions we're drawing our own conclusions about we're all being amateur psychologists in watching mm-hmm. that brooks kepka episode you right. don't need a psychologist degree to to play one for 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 40 minutes watching brooks kepka based on again the 800 puzzle pieces we have as mm-hmm. golf fans that casuals don't get to have someone who said this to me they made it like brooks kepka and justin Tom, like they just didn't do justice to brooks kepka's journey i feel they made it feel like he was on um yeah they just didn't do do his journey justice and i don't know whether it's still a pga production so in the end like anyone who went to live we were going to you know edit the episodes for us you know they can Mm. consciously make us feel a way and even brooks saying he didn't know who won the masters joe i don't even hold that against him and i'll tell you why because that i'm embarrassed he's saying he's embarrassed he probably put so much mental energy into forgetting that week. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of mental, like it's almost this embarrassing comments, like the mental energy I put into forgetting that, trying to forget that chargers Jags game. Like I'm exhausting myself to just for want to forget about something. That was just such a bad thing. I, and that's a joke, yeah. but I don't know. I even have a moment where I'm like, who won that? And I'm not, it's not my field. I don't do that professional. Although I guess you could say talking about golf, you should know that, but I don't hold that against him, especially because he literally tried to suppress that, like your worst memory in your mind. Like, I don't want to think about that weekend ever again. Losing to Tiger Woods last year at the Masters when Tiger hasn't golfed in X is also like for a guy like Brooks, you know, embarrassing that probably was to him and his Mm -hmm. ego. Not even like, losing the tournament not playing well but even that and there were a lot of golfers i'm sure that were embarrassed to to play worse than tiger last year just taking all the circumstances yeah of of what went into that masters last year yeah it was there were some good parts of it but overall i think pretty underwhelming um obviously let's get before we get to the honda let me ask you just real quickly jeff um live kicks off this week have we like it, it, it what do you expect for the evolution in season two? And have you, we talked a lot about this last year and trying to handicap and like bet it. Have you figured out a strategy to sort of bet this thing? Not a clue. Same. 
Last year I went into it and I stayed consistent with my strategy and I just zeros because I was yeah. nowhere near the, it was either really random or the top. Yeah. Uh, that's Good sort way. of how I felt like it. I was, and I was never going to bet the super chalk and I just didn't, wasn't there to see Charles or Henrik. Um, like I just, in my mind, those just weren't ha- like, those weren't things like when they happen, like I didn't even consider them honestly that week of of the betting so no i I don't i'm excited i think maybe for what may be the third tier like the answer tier of live Mm -hmm. maybe now um you know thomas peters but no i have not had a good feel for betting it whatsoever um and they start this week and i still don't really have a feel and for something that starts this week, I'm actually shocked. There are still no odds to be perfect. Yeah, odd. I think it's because they released the final teams today. Is is me probably giving them too much credit? Um, but yeah, like Thomas Peters was just officially announced as a range goat like an hour ago. So maybe we'll get him tomorrow morning. Um, but let's 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 for the purpose of this show, uh, let's get to the board. Let's consider the Honda class. <laughs> All right, oddschecker.com up. Jeff, we can talk about the top of the board, but I mean, you got any interest in like Sung J Lowry wise? Anyone under 20 to 1 fancy you? No. Um and- just I thought Pat made a joke, very good comment today. He's like, I didn't have interest in John Rahm at seven to one. I'm not betting Sung J M at eight to one. I understand there's different fields, but yeah, we're just not doing it. I'll put more air in Pat's tires. He put up the suggestion of parlaying them both to miss the cut. Uh, And it paid so much. I didn't think that was all that crazy versus betting them to win the way the golf is going this year. And maybe it feels like you should just bet both of them and no one else. I don't, I don't know. I'm not there. It's a pass for me, Joe. I have not made a bet in front of a 40, although I do have opinions. Yeah. um, I didn't take anyone at the top. Aaron Wise was interesting at 28 to 1 this morning just because I felt like Jeff there were much better events that he was like 28 to 30 yeah, to 1 sure. but he was also playing well. Um Norin no Kirk I can understand because um you know he had a couple of good finishes not only at the Honda but during the early season but I've been Kirk teased enough. Um I I'm just I'm going to go with my guy man. I'm going to go with Danny McCarthy. Um, I realize that at this point, it's like a running joke that anyone would bet Denny, but God, I, I, I don't know, man. It's just, he's, he, look, he's shown up on really tough golf courses a lot. And this is that it's, it's statistically the hardest golf course, three consecutive years of non-majors on the PGA tour. Um, he's top 10 in par four scoring. He's top 10 in bogey avoidance, which is, I think why he plays well, which is why he shows up at Southern Hills, which is why you saw him show up at a U.S. open at Brookline, which is why he showed up at Riviera, um, third two years ago, 30th last year, home game for Denny. Um, I'm not going to be there and not bet him. That's a terrible um, reason to take someone, but I've got to take someone sub 30 to one, and he's kind of my guy. Yeah, so uh, the two I were, I've been thinking about or that I could consider, well, I should say that, why is even at the 25s that are still there, unless I'm, I'm blind and it's changed? I, yeah. I don't mind. Um it does feel like it does feel like Denny is here on a mission after sort of uh, greasing his wheel on the weekend at Riviera. 
he's playing well. He's playing well. Yes. And he's going to a place where he was third last year. It sets up for him nicely. I don't think it's totally unfair uh, to bet him here in this field because we've seen him in way stronger fields at like 40. You're like, oh, I got to bet Denny at 40, yeah. you know? But so taking everything to an account, good weekend, going to a place he feels comfortable for him to be here makes me feel like anyone who played in both of those events and are here, <laughs> what makes you feel like he, he, who's never won before also, I don't know, on a mission, yeah. I like it. Uh, totally. And Min Woo Lee, you just can't ignore the run that he's on. And okay, even... tell me about him because I don't really follow the DP World Tour stuff. So I was frankly like baffled when I saw him 25 to 1 because I focused pretty much all my attention on the PGA Tour. And I've heard a number of people, not only you, who have been like, this is a good bet. Okay, yeah, maybe I'm... Um stretching it on on a good bet but he has not finished outside of i had it in a in a web note here he's not finished outside the top 12 in like his last eight events he's been playing great he's just been playing i'll bring him up sorry loaded up on the national here um he's been playing and he, he's sorry losing my train of thought oh, Okay, not gonna throw. He was running in like top, like six, top eights, pretty much everywhere he was. Everywhere, even those big Middle East events that are stronger fields, right? That all those heavy hitters, especially a lot of those live guys. uh, I was seeing Sky Hook bet him at twenty-five to one, twenty-eight to one, thirty to one, in fields that were stronger than this one. (laughs) He's a good win player. We've seen guys that can hit it a mile really have success here. Uh, I, I yeah, I'm hoping for a bigger number as the week goes on. Although maybe I've run out of exposure, but this is one that I, I don't mind. We've seen internationals come up here and and fight to the finish quite often. Yeah, um, Billy Horschel's there feels very fair to me. The form has not been great. He's been bleeding a lot of strokes off the tee, which is obviously a problem here. He straight up loves PGA National. Um, He plays it and plays it well. And this is like, he made comments a couple of years ago because the people, like, they go at Billy hard. And he hates the fans there. And they have, he's had many back and forth with some of the, the rowdy spectators at the Honda Classic before. But the guy keeps showing up in like top 20. And we know his potential upside as a Ryder Cup player, as a DP World Tour you know, champion, as a PGA Tour champion, as a FedEx Cup champion, that him showing up at 30 to 1 does feel like a, a pretty good number, although I haven't taken it. Yeah, I'm with you. I haven't taken it, but I would probably argue it's the fairest number on the board. And sometimes even getting fair numbers, in my opinion, is a chore. Um, yeah, but I don't bet outright golf for out plus plus EV numbers, Joe. Yeah. like you know, Outright golf betting is like buying jewelry <laughs> or a car. I mean, we're there lucky there's some books that'll give you 100%... Um, cash back if you change your mind if the odds haven't changed but for the most part an outright golf bet depreciates like a car the moment you've driven it off the lot uh the the owners never want to see it again and they're happy you took it okay here's a here's a question that i just saw from brian and brings me to our next guy of trying to grab early odds um yes and the biggest one i think that's noteworthy this week is i haven't seen a guy 
cut his odds in half as quickly as Adam Svensson did in a long time. I got a 60 to one this morning. Did you get it? I got it too, Joe. And I was okay, thinking of you. Go. I knew like the de- like, yeah, yeah. Even yesterday, you're worried about losing the numbers. I'm like, holy shit, that's gotta yeah. be strong. And then you sort of look, you're like, that's not just strong for Svensson Hardos, like my man Joe here. That is strong for us casual Svensons. <laughs> I'm Canadian as well. It was in I'm coming to Palm Beach. If he's in the mix, I will show up on Sunday. I got the 60. I could not yeah. resist. Also, to Brian's question, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of times where I will bet on. I'm lucky to have access to Bet365 here in Ontario. Yes. And they'll give you a full, as long as their odd doesn't move, they'll give you the full cashback. A lot of other books do. BetMGM, even um, the dual, will as well. That if I feel like that's a good number, I like that. Um, if it doesn't get higher, that's for me. I'll make that move. I'll make that bet. You're almost like day trading it. Yeah. Although you have to think the guy, I have to want to bet the guy. Someone could be touting a guy who's 90 on one site and 60 on another. And I'm like, oh, if you like that guy, you obviously go get the 90. But I'm not just betting a guy because I'm getting points either. Yeah. Like it's outright golf betting. I have to believe the guy's going to win. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I rarely make a outright golf bet because um, I don't know. Like I feel like I'm getting 10 free points or something. I agree. A, I understand what you're saying and totally agree. Yes. Yeah, Fence was a guy I was looking for this morning. I too, um, I don't have three, six, five in Florida, but I have a buddy who, who does. And I was like an immediate early boarding text. Please take this for me. <laughs> And I, I like I felt bad. I didn't even want to ask for like the full amount I wanted to bet. I'm like, just give me a couple of chips on the guy. And then I'll be honest, I took it again on on my book that I have access to at 45. I don't think that 30 is a great bet, but like Baroff and I were texting Saturday about Denny and Svensson. And I told him, I'm like, if I can get a 25 on Denny and a 40 on Svensson, like let's ride. Like, yeah, let's, let's go. Ride. And I saw the Denny number. I took it. It hasn't moved. And Spence in his cratered. I probably finishes uh, like 28 to 1. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Now now the Svensson number is crazy. Yeah. Like I I wouldn't touch. I have it. I'm rooting for him. Um, but I would 100% be betting Wise or Denny. Uh, even as I made my case for, for Min Woo. Um, over Svensson. But I, I'm, I'm here for my 60. Yeah, and here's the here's like kind of a, a weird thing you talked about, like the Canadian player. Um, Taylor Pendrith is forty to one. Now I haven't bet this yet, but Pendrith is a better player than Svensson. Um, he's better off the tee. He had a top twenty five here last year, yeah. which isn't terrible. And it's like to see Svensson at thirty and Pendrith, like he made the Presidents Cup. He's a good player who has good course history and isn't playing uh, isn't playing terrible. Finished seventh at Pebble, made that run on Sunday like a few weeks ago. Um, that feels like a very fair forty to one number on a guy that we all expect. Like sometime, I would say in the next two years, is going to knock one of these like weaker field events off the uh and notch the belt there yeah so i'm all in on this one i have oh, good. Be- i have bet the 40 joe um again we have seen guys who hit at a country mo- who, who are really great drivers of the ball club down and have great weeks here yes um you know if they're accurate off the tee then it you know leaves them that much closer and that much less like more or less likely to find 
one of those hazards. Pendrith has shown an ability to take advantage of shorter courses, even with his length, as you mentioned at Pebble, and he gained over 10 strokes that week uh, total. So Mm -hmm. I'm here for that. Uh, Second year player who had that result here a year ago. Um, Yeah, he's got a nice little resume at shorter courses. It's worked for him. I'm here for Pendrith. I've bet I've bet the 40. Even though Svensson has dropped below him on the betting card, this is my shortest odd play so far. Got it. Um Cameron Davis, there's a 50. I would love a reason to bet Cameron Davis because I love the kid, but um there's nothing right now. Moving into like the 50s and 60s, you get your Griffin, Jaeger, Straka defending champ, Hodges. Zayden, who'd been on, who's actually had some decent like course history here. Buckley is someone who I've seen some people bet. Um, do you have any other bets kind of in in this like 40 to call it 70 range? Uh, I like Buckley a lot. Okay. I like Buckley a lot. Um, a lot of people who I trust are betting Johnny Vegas. Hmm. They're riding that ball striking of last week. He, yep. Joe. They're not making six straight cuts. Maybe it's five straight cuts at the Honda. Is a, is a yes. Is an achievement. Yeah. There's and there's a couple like, in there like where Saturday I, morning like times where he's been leading the tournament. Yeah, he had a first round lead a few years ago, and I think you might see that. Oh no, really? What's People that? Out, seeing your chat. Oh, someone just gave me some bad Penrith news. I don't oh know. yeah. Whatever. I look at that like that's got to end. I'm cold, too. If yeah. Someone's probably in another chapping like Penrith's been Feinberged. Right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not having I, um, uh, whatever. I'll live with it. Yeah. I'll live with it. Um, but, 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 yeah. So where were we? Sorry, that just distracted me. Vegas. So a lot of people I respect are telling me to circle around johnny vegas uh he's a guy who yeah two under a day gets you right where you need to be all those missed putts as long as you're not making bogey mm-hmm. and if he's playing well he'll stick enough inside four or five feet where we hope he still makes them um so that there's that one um i'm up. always a lot of odds dropped that i i don't even see people betting players but uh you know i saw detry as you're on him there joe he's yep. never played here before i don't know i could get suckered that that range there of of vegas pendrith detry moronk a, a lot of international flags that i could be tempted uh in and around a few of them and will it one of them yeah i like okay. will it i pulled an 80 on will it that's just one i'm yeah if i'm down the street i want to have an 80 on will it and, yeah, and roll in there. That'll get roll. you in the gates Sunday, maybe if oh, Dan's yeah, oh, in buddy, contention. Buddy, yeah, I'll even ditch some plans. I, you know, some <laughs> enjoyable opportunities I'll have on Saturday, uh, maybe to go the over the final course. pairing. If, yeah, if, if Willett is in, oh my! If Willett wins the Honda, I'll be having drinks with Willett, and that, yeah, my wife will not see me on Sunday night. Okay, I'm trying to see where. And not even because I'll win a lot of money, but I will work my way into the party. I will. I, I pro on the grounds. I will be there. 
Yeah, I'm surprised he's only... I thought he had played it much more than once in the last five years, but a 48th last year, um, the around the green numbers and putting are always really good. Oh, it's like, should have won a fall swing event if he didn't, you know, gag it away to Homa down the stretch. My guy doesn't... I don't really have a great case for him other than just kind of like Brian, an early number that I pulled, I think, based on talent and upside. And I took Davis Riley 75 to one. There are 80 to ones out there right now. Um, was really kind of high on this player coming into the season. And I don't know, man, I've had I've had good fortune and luck when I like make like a January call on a player and I just kind of ride it out like I like I got lucky with Svensson at the RSM like he was my guy. He wasn't playing well. He had missed like three straight cuts and I'm like, I'm still going to keep taking this guy. I think Davis Riley um, you know, decent course history uh, in his event here last year with a I'm sorry, it was a 42nd. So that's not great. The approach numbers are, are actually really good. He's gaining over 0.6 strokes per round on approach. I have him second in opportunities gained, which is the stat on Fantasy National, which basically shows you is basically telling you how many like good birdie looks this guy is getting that he's maybe not cashing in, but looks inside 15 feet. Uh, maybe this is a, a decent little get right spot for him off of like two weeks off. And I just think a talented, a talented young player who may be coming back to the East Coast, Bermuda grass, a change of scenery will will do him some favors. Big fan. At okay. the moment, it's there's just some younger other not younger, other younger players that might have like right there, Nick Hardy, Will Gordon. Yep. Um, there's just a guys that I see is very equal that are just in the moment feeling like they're playing better. No, that's a lie. Riley is better than those guys. My long-term projection on Riley, especially going back to last year. If you asked me who was gonna be Cam Young last year, my guess would have been Davis Riley. Hmm. Only because the corn fairy fans, the people I know who fall that the most yeah. were telling me it, reading their stuff. They were saying Davis Riley. If I have to pick one guy to it's easy to say after because yep. no one, you know, um, they all saw Riley as a higher prospect than Cam Young. Now it's golf. We see this all the time. It doesn't mean anything. Guys do this thing differently. Um, yeah. Riley. I, I may even seen it higher, but. Okay, I don't. Yeah, there's an 80 there now. I mean, as we get into the hundreds, like this has not been a range you want to put your bets. But in a week like this, like throw you a couple darts. I I totally advise it. Look, our guy, um, Ron PGA splits like one oh something in terms of the Twitter handle. I probably don't have that right, but um, he does great content on Mondays. You should give him a follow. And I think he had the last 12 years of the Honda. Um, The average winner has come in at 129 to one. If you kind of aggregate the numbers over the last it's 12 super years, long or the chalk, right? What's that? It's either been crazy long or the chalk. Yes, there have been a couple of chalk wins. Obviously, Justin mm-hmm. Thomas comes to mind, but you've had some definitive like 100 to one. Straka was huge. Harrington was huge. Henley was huge. Um, there were some really, really big numbers. Keith Mitchell, I think there were even like 80s or 100s that week a yeah. few years ago. So yeah, you're right. And even Sungjae, I think, was those high twenty like uh 33, yeah. like that. Uh I think 33, I had a 28 on uh, Sungjae that week. 33. I'm just remembering Rory Scott, the other end of that spectrum. Rory yeah. Scott, uh, even Fowler cashed something in here. And I even yes. Brooks never won here, but always contended. 
Yeah, Brooks always had contended. I think he was in um Mitchell, I think he had just and, missed out on the playoff or or he'd missed out by one in that yeah, Ricky Mitchell year. Mitchell walked him off. Mitchell hit a bomb and walked it off. Yes, that's what it was. Yep. On Brooks, which is like crazy. I actually was thinking about that watching Riviera when he was trying to catch Homa and Rom. I'm like, well, I have seen him walk off a dragon before. Um sure. fortunately for Mitchell, he just couldn't get any of those 13 footers to to drop a yeah, I took one guy like the hundred to one. I'll put I'll put all of them out later in the week. But I I like Grayson Sig. Um, oh, yeah. He's been playing he's been playing pretty well. Uh, numbers um, pretty consistent across the board. Uh, just some good finishes. He's a much better Bermuda grass putter than he is on any surface. We've returned to these um, super slick, fast, large Bermuda greens here at the Honda, which are difficult for people. Um, he's top 20 in the field there, 15th at the RSM, 11th at the Bermuda, top 10 at the Sanderson. It's been a little while. You know, we have this kind of like weird UGA, like Georgia connection, which who knows? Uh, Keith Mitchell and Straka and yep. Sig's obviously a Georgia guy. So some familiarity, I think, with not only where he grew up in Georgia and the sort of way that that trickiness of Bermuda grass not so much on the greens but around the greens it really takes a lot of repetition and getting used to and familiarity which I think could work in his favor 130s out there I think I got 110 um, but yeah you can you can definitely take uh, a handful of guys I feel like and throw 10 or 20 bucks on them and maybe have a nice sweat on Sunday yeah, so Straka um, was one of the players I mentioned that I was looking at in and around 100. Also a guy, yeah. listen, I don't know who's betting him, but I woke up and saw a number on Russell Knox that was not that was a shorter number like four hours later. And I know I'm probably silly for thinking about betting Russell Knox, but I am, and I'm wondering who the hell's is who the hell's betting Knox where it's coming down, but that did happen. I am also one of the psychopaths considering um evr okay EVR this week but i know that comes with uh potential of a couple tens on those difficult par fours Two they're out there for games. everyone though you know it's hard to really he has a propensity to sort of do that but there's big numbers um lurking there's 15 holes one thing that i i do like on fantasy national i will say before we kind of get out of here is i looked a lot at this at phoenix right so down the stretch at the waste management there is something on fantasy national um and i had pat on this week so i i brought it up and kind of brought up fantasy national they have a stat on when you look at fairways and greens, which is like driver left avoidance versus driver right, which is basically where is your miss off the tee, right? Everything down the stretch in Phoenix, you cannot miss left. It's water everywhere. And that's what you saw. Like I saw that Rory's miss was left. He did not play well. PGA National is the exact opposite. So 10, you can't miss right. So 10, I believe they have incorporated starting last year, uh, an in play out of bounds, which you can't go right of 10, which is like a fan area. Then 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, eight consecutive holes right. down the stretch. If you miss right, you're in the water on eight straight holes to finish this tournament. Um, a couple of those are par threes, of course, which which don't factor into that. But I think it's something worth looking at because guys usually, if they have a two-way miss, they've got more problems. But they usually will be better on one side or the other. So um, you want to be left, if anything, at PGA National. You miss right and you're dropping. 
Yeah. Wow. I didn't think it was that hard right there, but well, <laughs> well, well, um, a lot well, of water. Joe. Yeah, I guess. Listen, you know it. You play it on Monday with, with our boy bear off. And yep. I, I assume you're playing it again on Monday. Yeah. It's always fun. We do the first T event. Um, you know, I, I, I'll have to call our guy. I don't know if we're in the field this year. I haven't gotten the extended invite since we closed up a uh, temporary shop on the DFS open. We'll see, maybe we need to revive that bad boy. How we started COVID man. I know it all started there. Um, <laughs> Jeff, what a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate you, uh, stopping by joining the program once again. Um, you've got good stuff out all week. Tell us where they can find some more of your content and then we'll, uh, we'll see you this weekend. Mail media network. You can find me and do my show with, uh, Pat and, um, I, th- I think this week you'll see a bit of a uh, first part of uh, full swing preview come out and oddschecker.com slash US. I got my um, picks video up there, up there now. All right, buddy. At G Feinberg 17. Jeff, you're the man. Thanks for coming on, buddy. All the best, Joe. Hope to, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch and we'll throw down next week. See you, pal. Later. The man himself, Jeff Feinberg. What a pleasure to have him join us. Okay, uh, we are running into the 53-minute mark of a Honda Classic show. Didn't think I could do it, but here we are. Uh, let's get to final thoughts this week, and here they are. Set yourself firm goals and hold yourself accountable to them. Uh, don't change the expectations of what your initial goal was based on how things are playing out within the process. Um, Don't let circumstances change the ultimate goal at hand. I think that you're selling yourself short on that. So for instance, if you have a month long goal, maybe it's a workout goal, let's say three weeks into it, if you can see that it's going to be very difficult to hit that goal, I don't think that you should adjust that to make it more attainable. I think you should go for it. Uh, And if you fall short, that's okay. Um, I don't believe you reset the goal to make it more attainable. Failure is often necessary for progress. Um, I tell my son all the time, who's six years old and kind of struggles with failure a little bit, and I tell him to it's important to try to do hard things. Like, don't do easy things so that you can win, so that you can have success. Um, try to do hard things because you will find it so much more rewarding. You will find a sense of joy and accomplishment and self-worth you get from not only when you achieve that goal, but oftentimes even when you fall short of that goal because of the checkpoints that you, you can hit kind of along the way. Um, Tony Finau, I got this from full swing when he was sort of struggling. I, I, I may have this quote a little bit botched, but I believe he said a winner, uh, is just a loser who didn't give up Uh, great episode on Tony Finau, probably my favorite. And, you know, this sort of rang true on Sunday with Max Homa. Um, his caddy looked at him on the 18th hole when he was kind of in the trees in the right there and, and said, are we trying to make birdie? And a half a second went by and it was a one word answer from Max Homa. Yes. Yes. He looked at his caddy and said, yes. The caddy said, okay. He walked, got some fans out of the way. Um, That par that he made on 18, I believe ended up being worth over $2 million. He could have easily understood that the win was probably no longer the goal anymore and adjusted that to try and finish second in cash $2.1 million and feel himself some sort of accomplishment in a second, uh, but he didn't do that. 
He went for it. He tried to make birdie, and the guy damn near chipped in. Um, without question, the goal when he set forth that week was to win, and you could see the disappointment in him post-round when that chip didn't go in with his interview that it didn't happen. I still feel like there was progress there. He played John Rahm head-to-head when Rahm had some of his best stuff, gained over, I believe, 12 strokes on approach, got all the breaks, hold a 50-footer on Sunday, had a three-stroke lead, and he almost caught him. Um, Even in failure, you could see how proud he was of himself and how hard he fought to win. Um, Take some... Take a little bit of that with you. Go for your goals, even when it seems unlikely that you are to achieve them uh, within the process. I think it's important to still try everything. If you have a 10% chance to achieve that goal, go for it. Embrace failure. Um, We keep going and we take something from it. We grow. We come back next time, like Max said, and we're going to win it again. Um, I'll see you next time for the Arnold Palmer Invitational Show the same time next week. I've got a former PGA pro who's part of golf coverage. I'm really excited to talk to coming on the show. Good luck. I hope that you have a great week. Enjoy the Honda Classic. If you're there, come say hello. I'll be happy to see you. Um, This has been Preferred Lines. Thanks for being a part of the Golf Gambling Club once again this week. Like and sub that YouTube page on the way out. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out.